0: The message is entitled, um, We All Need Heart Surgery. (laughs) We all need heart surgery. And so Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45 says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Lord, today as we look into this part of Scripture I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch and change our hearts and remind us of what you want to do in our hearts so that we live and talk in a way that's honoring to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. So this is a uh, pretty powerful part of Scripture because Jesus is saying something very powerful here that Out of the abundance of what's in our hearts is what is going to come out of our what? Out of our mouths. Now, let me (laughs) say this. We talk, our mouths may be moving, right? But we're really talking out of our hearts. What is in our hearts is what is going to come out of our mouths. Now, how many of you have your mouths gotten you into trouble? <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's, it's one thing our words truly do say a lot about what is inside of us and in our hearts. Our words speak of the condition of our hearts. And every one of us in here needs heart surgery. I would say. Some more than others, right? Now, don't poke your neighbor, especially if you're married. (laughs) But how many of you, you know, he said this Wednesday night in the video. I thought it was just kind of funny. But how many of you ever said this? You said something, and after you said it, you said, I shouldn't have said that. And, And Dr. Paul Tripp, he put it like this. No, what you should actually say is this. I said exactly what was in my heart. Would you please forgive me? Instead of, I shouldn't have said that. There was someone once, it was one of the funniest things. This this person, he said something to me, and then he immediately went like this. That was a lie. It was, so, it was comical, but at the same time, his heart convicted him that what just came out of his mouth, instead of him saying, oh, I shouldn't have said that, he said, that was a lie. So instead of saying, oh, I should have said that, we should really be saying, hey, I was saying exactly what was in my heart, would you please forgive me? Um, because of what's in here comes out of here. The heart is always being revealed by our words and by our actions, right? A good good tree doesn't bear what? Bad fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit depending on what? The condition of our heart. So how many of you ever tried to fix things out here, your words, your actions, and you failed? Like, I'm going to try so hard to do better. Do you know why we fail? Because we're trying so hard to do better. And we're not surrendering our hearts and lives to Christ completely and saying, would you do heart surgery in me so that my words and so that my actions are honoring to you? If we try and change our behavior before we change our hearts, we might change a little, but it'll be short-lived and we'll go back to our old ways. Anybody following me? I'll raise my hand. I've been there. This message, as I said, his, his message Wednesday night in the video series, it was called Foolishness. Look at this verse in Proverbs 22, verse 15 with me, if you would. Foolishness. And he was talking about the foolishness of our kids. Uh, I found it interesting. It was kind of funny. He said to the, the group that he was teaching and to us Wednesday night, he said, parents, here's the deal. He said, you're raising a bunch of fools. How many have ever seen foolishness come out of your kids? <laughs> um, okay. Proverbs twenty-two, fifteen. Look at what it says here, okay? Foolishness is bound up in the what? In the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound up there. And it's also bound up where? In us as well. And the greatest danger, he mentioned, that exists to your child is inside of them, not outside of them. Only Jesus can rescue and transform your heart. Um, Parents, how many of you, if you're a parent here today, or if you were, how many of you have kids that are adult kids now? You know, How many of you wish they were little again? I do too. How many of you wish you could do some things over and do them differently like you did when you were raising them? Me too. Now, parents, how many of you tried to protect your kids from the outside forces of evil? I did. Did you? And we should, right? We tried to protect them from the things they watched or places they went or things that they did. We wanted to protect them from the outside forces of evil that tried to come against them, right? And we should do that. But that's not their greatest danger. Their greatest danger exists inside of them. And inside of us. You know, we don't get a free pass when we hit 50. (laughs) How many of you are 50 or above? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Still struggle with this? See, foolishness, we have to train our hearts in the ways of righteousness, and only Jesus Christ can do that within us, even as adults, and our children need this so desperately. If you're a teenager here today, How many of you wish you could be a teenager again? I do. I'd love to do it all over again. No? Some of you are like, no way. But teenagers, here's the thing. If you're here, or young adults, or all of us, train your heart. Your heart will be your greatest victory for you. Or if you don't train it, foolishness will live inside there and will always be pulling you to the outside. Are you with me here? You've got to train the heart. Foolishness in our hearts is what will cause us to go after the things of the world. We must go after changing our hearts, not simply changing our behavior. Oh, I'm going to do better next time. I'm going to not say that anymore. I'm not going to watch that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to try, 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 try harder. And here's the thing. We can't do it in and of ourselves. Never forget what Pastor Graybill said. It's always in my mind. He said, it's not about trying harder. It's about surrendering more. Mark that down. It's not about trying harder. It's about surrendering more because when we try harder in our strength, we fail, but in His power, we can have victory. And we've got to surrender more to Him. It's always the evil inside of us that hooks us to the evil on the outside. Evil exists from the fall of man, right? And it's the evil desires within us that entices us to grab onto the things outside in the world and bring them inside of us. Are you are you following me there? Don't always say, "Oh man, how many of you ever said this or you heard it said?" The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You did. I did. The devil, I get spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, and it says we are in a battle. How many of you believe that? The spiritual battle is real against the heavenly forces of evil. But there is something that James talks about. Go to James chapter 1 with me, if you would, that he puts it into the right perspective. Do we have power through Jesus Christ who lives within us to overcome any temptation that comes our way? Do we have that power? Everybody say, yes. (laughs) That's a good answer. We have that power within us. But something happens if we're not training our hearts. Foolishness can be in our hearts if we're not training it in the ways of righteousness. And that foolishness will grab onto the things of the outside and desire them more and more. Look what James puts it. He puts it like this. He says, Let no one say when he is tempted... That I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when the devil comes and sits on his shoulder and tells him what to do. doesn't say that, right? Now, the devil is the tempter. Don't get me wrong, but it says each one of us are tempted when he is drawn away by what? His own desires, because what lives in our hearts? Foolishness. When we are drawn away by our own desires and enticed. Now, get that picture. Something comes to you. It's in your heart. You're enticed by it. Like lunch today i 'm getting ready to eat i can 't wait to eat lunch i 'm enticed by it, and pretty soon i 'm going to act on it i 'm not exactly sure what she 's making, but I saw in the in the sink there was a pork loin being defrosted from last night. It was in the sink this morning, and there were two cans of sauerkraut. How many of you know i 'm getting ready for lunch? I am being enticed by that, and I can't wait to enjoy that in about an hour and a half. See, sin is like that. It looks so good. It smells so good. Man, I just want a little bit of that taste. Are you with me here? Where does that begin? In our heart. We have to train our hearts. Because if we don't, foolishness is going to rise up and say, okay, I'll just take a bite. And then look what James says. Then when when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. You give in. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth what? Death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. (laughs) That's how it works. Now, you don't like to think this, but as cute as your children are when they were born, how many of you had cute kids? If you had an ugly baby, don't mention it, okay? <laughs> I mean, nobody ever had a baby and said, I mean, everybody says, oh, they're so what? They're so cute. I remember Luke said it was a little, Gina pushed a while, and I won't get into all that, but it's just like, yeah, you know, uh, the head was, you know, this and that, but it, it comes all together. <laughs> a lot of stress there you know (laughs) oh what did i just say (laughs) so but here's the thing our kids are cute nobody ever looks at their baby when they're born and says wow it's a cute baby but there is some evil wickedness in their heart did you ever say that when your child was born no but is it true we're all born with what A sinful nature. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of your what? Your child. They are cute for so long, right? And then the twos hit. (laughs) And then the the eight and nine, and then 10, 12, 13, 15. And you start seeing things come out of your children and you said, man, but they were so cute. (laughs) But why is that? Because foolishness is bound up there. And if their hearts are not trained in the ways of righteousness, they're going to give in to that and sometimes break our hearts. We have to not only change our children's behavior, we've got to make sure their hearts are being changed because their hearts are what matters and what's going to cause them to then change their behaviors and their words. And the same is true with us as adults. He mentioned in his teaching this week that there are over 900 scripture verses that speak about the heart. And they all boil down to this pretty much, that the heart is the steering wheel of your thoughts and your actions and your words, your heart. That's what steers your life. And if your heart is maintaining a relationship with Jesus Christ and walking in ways of righteousness and you're in his word and it's training you, your hands are on the wheel. How many of you drive with one hand? I hope you don't drive with no hands. Okay. Gets dangerous, right? People text. People do other things when they're driving, the steering wheel. How many of you know we're supposed to drive with two hands? You all agree with that? When you take your driver's test, you don't go there and you don't sit there with the police officer or whoever's in the car with you and you, like, put your seat way back, one hand on the wheel, got your phone here, what would they do to you? (laughs) You wouldn't leave the parking lot, Right? But see, what happens in life is we get comfortable here driving, right? When you were 16, do you remember? You held that wheel and you used two hands. Well, 18, 19, 20, you know, get a little bit more comfortable. Now you're driving 40 years later, right? Sometimes you're eating, you know, you're eating things. Spaghetti. I don't know. (laughs) You're eating. We get comfortable. And if we get too lax in our walk with Jesus, here's the thing. Our hearts are the steering wheel. We can let little things creep in and not even really recognize it and pretty soon one hands off the wheel. Pretty soon we're texting. Pretty soon we're doing this, we're doing that, and we're not focused on Jesus anymore. And Satan doesn't work like putting a roadblock up in front of you. He works so subtly to get your hand off the wheel. What rules the heart controls the behavior. If we want to change, we have to change our hearts, and we can't, only Christ can Amen? Only He can. Look at a few of these verses with me about the heart. Proverbs 4.23. If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn there, it'll come up here as well. Proverbs 4.23. I love this verse. It's so clear. It says, keep, or some of your versions probably say what? Guard. Right? Guard your heart. Keep your heart with what? With all diligence For out of it spring the issues of life. How many of you have issues? (laughs) I have issues. Do you have issues? See, what this is saying is what is in your heart, and Jesus was just talking about this in Luke, right? What is in the abundance of your heart will what? Come out of your mouth. See, if we don't guard our heart with all diligence, things are going to be springing up out of our lives all the time because we didn't guard our heart. Proverbs 21, look at this verse here. It says in verse 2, Proverbs 21, 2. And it says this, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. (laughs) In his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the what? The hearts. Um, Dr. Paul Tripp said in that teaching Wednesday, that was so funny. He said, a fool is a fool because he doesn't think he's a fool. You get that? He thinks, I'm okay. Nothing wrong with me. That's a fool. They can't see it. The best way to know if you ever ask somebody honest honest questions about yourself that you really want to know. If you want to learn something about yourself, ask someone who is close to you that really loves you and will tell you the truth. You may not want to hear the answers. But that's how we learn. That's how we grow. If we think we're okay all the time, we're not going to grow. We're not going to learn. And we have to be honest with who we are when we look in the mirror. Look at Psalm 26, verse 2. This verse here. And this verse talks about, David wrote this. He said, examine me. How many of you know David needed his heart examined? He needed that heart surgery just like we do. He said, examine me, O Lord. Prove me, try my what? My mind and my heart. To David, he was talking about that in Psalm 53 and in Psalm 14. They both begin with this exact phrase. The fool has said in his heart, there is what? There is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And he was saying in this teaching that he doesn't think that that is so much per se like atheism, like somebody saying, oh, there is no God. I don't believe in God. In other words, he was saying that it's probably more like what he called functional atheism. In other words, living like you don't need God at all is foolishness. So the fool says in his heart, they may say they believe in God, but how they live, how they act, by the way they speak, is saying, I don't believe in him. It's functional atheism. Are you with me there? But how many of you realize that God wants to be part of every area of your life? What you think, what you say, where you go, where you shop, how you spend your money because it's not yours anyways right? It's all his. He Does he care about what you're buying today, maybe this afternoon? Does he care? He does. Does he want to take you to the right place to, to, to buy the right thing, maybe to meet another person that you need to minister to? Yeah. See, God wants to direct our steps, every one that we take. But the question is, are we going through our days trying to do things in ourselves and living like a fool and saying, I got this? Or are we really including Him in our plans, in our purposes, in our decisions every day? Jeremiah puts it like this in 17. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. Wow, this is a great, powerful verse. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. (laughs) Who can know it? Jeremiah writes. And then I love this part. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. Isn't that what the psalmist just said about the mind and the heart and testing it? And he says, the Lord searches the heart. The Lord tests the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. That's what Jesus was talking about there. When the good fruit and the good heart comes out, of the, the good fruit comes out. Would you agree we all need heart surgery in some way? Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. I love these verses in Hebrews. This is in the New Living Translation. This next verse, two verses. Look at this heart surgery here, you know. Pastor Dalton was just in Utah in this movie um, that he's going to be in one of the Philistines. And uh, I asked earlier in the first service, how do you make a movie on one verse? Like in the Bible, there's only one verse about Shamgar killing 600 Philistines with an ox code. Well, you can talk to him about that later. But I saw some of his pictures and he had this sword. Was it pretty neat? Was it heavy? It wasn't? Oh, was it? (laughs) Well, that's no fun. (laughs) So it's more like a club. (laughs) But if you've got a real sword... And you sharpened it on both sides and you held up a piece of paper, right? Do you know that's what this does to our hearts? This is the only thing through the Holy Spirit that will cut our hearts open and reveal the things that need revealed, and will transform our hearts so that we live and walk and move and have our being in Christ. Look what it says here. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest. I love that. Than the sharpest two-edged of sword. What is? Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes... It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. What did James say causes us to go down that road? Our desires. The Word will cut and open and expose our desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. We all need that type of surgery. I do. You do. Psalm 51.10, did David need that? (laughs) After Bathsheba and Nathan came to him, this is Psalm 51. If you want to read a powerful psalm about God's grace and, and how God restored, but David had to cry out. And he cried out in verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit, where? Within me. He didn't say, God, help me to try harder next time. He didn't say, God, I have to to do it in my strength. He said, no, create in me a clean heart. How many of you know the blood of Jesus washes us cleaner and whiter than anything? And it's the only thing that will make our hearts right before Him. Matthew 5.8 says, blessed are the pure in what? in hearts for they shall see God. See, the only way to see God is to have a pure heart. The only way to have a pure heart is to know Jesus Christ has forgiven you and His blood has washed away your sin and He has made your heart pure and clean. Does that mean we'll never struggle again? No, I struggle. Do you? Do we all need to come to Him each and every day and say, Lord, take Your Word and cut through my thoughts, my desires, my intentions, because they're all self-focused in and of myself. But in You, I can have victory. Are you with me, church? Ezekiel puts it like this in chapter 36. I love this picture that Ezekiel gives us. The Lord says this, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You ever hear somebody say, oh, they have such a hard heart? They have a heart of stone. That's not a good thing, right? See, Ezekiel is saying here that the Lord's saying, I will take that self centered, hard heart, I will take that out of you. And by the Spirit of God, through the, through Jesus Christ who died for us, as you invite Him to come and live where? Where do we tell people He lives? In our heart. He wants to live in your whole being, right? But we say heart because it's the heart that needs transformed. And He will take that old heart out. He will give us a new heart of flesh. And if I had a heart... What can I use here? I don't know. Let's use this. If your heart is hard and something comes against it, it's not sensitive to the Spirit of God. But if you, if, if the heart is soft like this, if I took a, a pin, it wouldn't go in here, but here it would, right? Our hearts, when they are softened by the Holy Spirit, they are sensitive to what He wants to do. It's like a prick in your heart that you feel it, and you're like, yep, that's wrong. Are you with me here? But if it's hard... And we're doing our own thing. Our hearts can become hard. And those pricks anymore, they're just not feeling it anymore because we've hardened our hearts. Ezekiel said, he will give you a new heart of flesh. The Lord God Almighty is the only one that can do heart surgery on us. Galatians 2.20 Says, I've been crucified with Christ. See, Paul knew this. Paul said it. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. See, Paul was saying, okay, now I'm not living in my own strength. I have been crucified with Christ and now He lives in me. I have a new heart and I want to live in a way that honors Him. He is my steering wheel of life because He lives and has taken over my life and my heart. Last two verses I'll share in Romans 10. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 When you give your life to Jesus Christ some of these verses we've heard before and it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. Let me just pause there a second. It's talk about our heart, right? It's talk about our mouth. Now, I believe that's more than just a, a, a prayer to, to pray to believe in Jesus. I believe that's confessing Jesus to the world that you live in. Okay, let me just go a little further. Then it says, for with the what? The heart one believes unto righteousness... And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Let me ask you this question. Can someone pray a prayer with their mouth, but not mean it in their heart? Right? Yeah, right? It's probably happened many times. Somebody prays a prayer with their mouth, but they really don't truly mean it in their heart. Let me ask you this question. Can somebody pray a prayer with their whole heart but not mean it with their mouth? Can someone pray a prayer truly mean it in their heart but not mean it with their mouth? Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Salvation transformation begins in our hearts and he's the only one that can do heart surgery on us.